Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, parents, administrators, even students about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name's Jim Burns, and I'm your host for the show. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience, Currently, I'm a college instructor and have designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. We're going to be moving today into Section 2 of Everyday Strategies. And Section 2 is are some strategies on how teachers can help students become their personal best. In section one, we covered how teachers can become their personal best. Now, what can a teacher do to help a student become their personal best? And it's broken up just the way the other one, just the way the first section was in chunks of ten. So we're going to be referencing sections 1 through 50 in section 2 at this point. Now, I shared in my previous podcast that these are teaching podcasts. I leave links in uh, the podcast description. Now, I know they're clickable on Anchor, but you may want to check to see if they're clickable in the platform that you're using. This allows you to download more information about some of the material that we're covering. And I think that's going to be rather helpful to you uh, because you'll get either a PowerPoint, you'll get a book, you'll get something that's there that you'll be able to use. This, it, these are There are a hundred strategies. We're going to be covering section two today on everyday strategies that you can use to help your students become your their personal best. So, sit back, listen, enjoy wherever you're at. You might be driving in your car, you might be at the gym, you might be somewhere. Take a listen and you'll pick up some great information that you can use in the classroom. Some of the stuff you might be able to use in life if you really give it some thought. So, let's enjoy the podcast, everybody. Everyday Strategies, helping teachers to help students become their personal best. Okay, here we go. Strategy one. 
introduce yourself, but give the students some background information about who you are and establish your authority in the classroom. I mean, let's face it, all kids, you know, whether they're young or they're in high school, have all kinds of questions about you. They wonder if you're married, have kids, where did you go to college, how long have you been teaching. Before the school year starts, make a list of things you feel comfortable sharing with your students. Now, let's not be foolish about it and don't share overly sensitive information. You know, like I'm going through a divorce right now or something like that. But understand that your students have as much of a desire to learn about you as you do about them. And while you're talking to your students, try and establish your authority, set some boundaries, and put yourself in a position where they know who's in charge. This is not designed to level the ground, but it's more designed to make the kids feel comfortable with you and help them understand who you are. Strategy two, learn your students' names the first day of school. You know, this might be a little bit tough, but learning your students' names is the first step to knowing who they are. And calling students by names communicates respect, and it helps them feel recognized as individuals. This will also help draw out and include shy students in the discussion. Now, here's a couple of ideas. Take a few minutes and have the students introduce themselves, you know, to their people that they're sitting next to. Then have each student introduce a neighbor to the class along with one interesting fact about him or her. And as an activity, you can have them create business cards. You know, small cards with specific information about themselves in each corner of the card. You know, who they are as individuals with a brief bio on it. Afterwards, collect them and you'll have those as a record and understand who your students are and you'll be able to possibly commit some of it to memory and it'll start the ball rolling in terms of, you know, really starting conversations with the kids. Then you have to allow students time to get to know each other. This would be now strategy three. Kids at the elementary level, you know, kids are great at exclusion. And they just don't walk up to each other and start conversations. Sometimes in high school, students are too shy to speak because of negative past experiences and fear of ridicule. That's your job. Try and break the ice during the first week of school and give your students an opportunity to get to know each other. This, you know, this is a great time for you to see who could be a bully, who could be a bystander, who some of the victims are in your classroom that that could potentially be bullied. The internet is filled with games and activities that work well with this type of thing. And once again, in the appendix, there's activities to help your students get to know each other. There's some great websites, and if you download the book, you'll see those. Strategy four, create some rules as soon as possible. 
Now, you may even have the kids do this, but one of the questions that you want to ask, have the kids ask themselves is, why do we need rules? And why do we need procedures? Once your students have an, uh, an understanding that rules have to exist in the classroom, number students on each team from one to four and ask student one to take out a sheet of paper and write a classroom rule that they think is important. Encourage them to keep the rules stated in a positive manner instead of starting with the words don't. In other words, rules shouldn't be set up using the word don't. You want more do's than don'ts. Then have them pass the paper to student two who adds a rule. Students keep passing the paper around until time's called. So you'll, each group will have four rules. Then what you do is you select the best rules and have the students work to select them and clarify the wording of the rules. And you use that to compile your rule, compile the classroom rules. Those would be the rules that would go up on the wall or that would be discussed. The point here is what students create, they're much more apt to follow. Whatever the rules are, the students were responsible and they had a hand in creating them. So they would understand them a little bit better. And then they share, they go around the room, and then you vote on the top six or five or six classroom rules, and you post them in your classroom. Now, it's good for students to help in establishing classroom rules, but remember, you as the teacher have the final word on what rules are, um, the, the classroom has and how they get enforced. You also have the final say in the consequence. Now, this is kind of strategy 4A, okay, which is kind of like a bonus, I guess. But this is create procedures as soon as possible. And once again, in the appendix, you'll find more of these, but I'm just going to give you a few. Like procedures 4, beginning the class, what constitutes being late, how and when will absentee slips be handled, seating charts, how do you get the student's attention, you know, like when the class is getting ready to start, you clap your hands, you turn the lights on and off, how do students behave during a public address announcement, and in this day and age, with the difficulties that we've had, and I hate to even say it, with school shootings and perpetrators and so on, procedures are far more important now than they ever were. Because you have lockdowns, you have stay put policies, you have, you, kids have to understand what to do in the event of an emergency. And if you have them following procedures and you have them following your directives up front, okay, it'll be much easier during a crisis or an emergency situation for them to follow, follow uh, your directives then. It's kind of like if you get the respect of the class, they'll do whatever you tell them to do. And that's kind of what you need, especially during an emergency. And... 
strategy five. Teachers normally don't meet, you know, parents until back to school night. Or, if, if possible, a problem starts early in the school year with their child's behavior. Now, the principal usually sends a letter out. Now, rather than wait until back to school night, send a letter home to the parents letting them know who you are and how thrilled you are to be their uh, child's teacher. And encourage the parents to give you a call or stop in and say hello. With emails and wet teacher websites and all kinds of other things today, probably sending snail mail is not the best way to do this. But certainly send an email, direct parents to your website so they can see exactly who you are and what... Um, supplies their child is going to need to start the school year. But, you know, that written letter home says something a little different than an email. And I would encourage you. I mean, you may have, I don't know, 20 kids in a class. So if, can you imagine how a parent would feel getting a handwritten letter from a teacher? You know, Amazing, right? And I think it's necessary not to generalize the letter where you specifically mention their child's name. You'll be building respect, you know, before you even have their student in the classroom. Strategy six. Kids are going to cut up all the time, right? You're going to have difficulty. Let's see if we can give the students the benefit of the doubt if a rule is broken. Often when a student breaks a rule during the first few weeks of school, we, that's us, teachers, react to prove that we are not pushovers. You know, at the beginning of the school year, kids need constant instruction on rules and procedures. Now, there is a process that I, that I enjoy using. It's called the instruction warning and correction process. Basically, you give instruction, you give one warning, and then you follow through with a correction. Too often, what happens is is we end up giving instruction, and then we give warning, warning, warning. We give so many warnings, we get frustrated, and the kids wait for our blood-curdling scream because that's when they know we mean business. So instruction, warning, one warning, and then correction. Once again, more information in the appendix of the book that will help you out with this. Strategy 7. Get into the habit of greeting your students every day. I mean, don't only say hello when they enter the classroom, but in other areas of the school as well. And by that I mean playground, cafeteria. I remember when I was a kid... I had a Spanish teacher, and I was in a classroom with 12 of my friends, and all of us, we were just, we would do anything to please her, because she was just a, she was just so good looking, and we would melt when we were walking down the hall, and she would say hola to us, because she was saying hello to us, but the fact that we were recognized in another area of the school. Kids love to be noticed. 
when you take the time to recognize and pay attention to them, it helps build a meaningful relationship with them. Strategy eight, make all of your students aware that they are in a safe and secure environment. Now, this takes on new meaning with the way things are in our culture today. But once you've identified some of the more problematic students in your class, try to have what I call a 2 by 10 And this is from Dr. Alan Mendler of Discipline with Dignity. You know, it's real easy to build a relationship with a kid that we like. And there are some kids that we don't like. And I'm not a believer in I like you but don't like your behavior. That to me just is almost impossible to do. But that's another discussion that we can have. So try to take two minutes a day for 10 days straight and have conversations with kids that are difficult to manage. And this will help the students feel important and believe that you're not seeing him or her for the behavior problem that they are or that they may think they are. Two minutes a day, 10 days straight. And what that will do is it will prevent power struggles in your classroom. When you have a power struggle with one of your students in a classroom, what happens is the other students get nervous primarily because they don't want to see you lose. They don't want some kid who's a behavior problem taking over the classroom. But if you begin to have conversations with those students who are behavior problems, you'll build a more powerful relationship with them. And through that, you'll prevent struggles and kids will begin to feel much safer and they'll feel much more secure in your classroom. Now, kids need to feel safe and secure the school is responsible for a lot of other things in terms of security and safety and who comes into the room and things like that. But just having those few minutes with kids that are difficult can make all the difference in the world and it will make the rest of the kids feel safe. Strategy nine. Practice telling students what to do and stop asking questions. We have a tendency to fall into the trap when a kid is having difficulty by asking too many questions. Things like, what's wrong? You're not yourself today. Is something going on at home? Can I help you with anything? Do I need to send you to God? All of these things, you know, don't make any sense. Now, we can have those conversations when a kid is having behavioral difficulty and we first impose the consequences. After we impose the consequences, then we debrief them and give them information about what they need to do the next time so they don't become chronic behavior problems. You need to assert yourself. This helps students to understand that, number one, there is going to be a consequence because sometimes uh, kids can believe that the good talking to is the consequence. 
but you will help them understand that there's consequences and you do care about them to help them behave better the next time. See, when you have that conversation with them and you debrief them, what you're doing is you're practicing the, the use of rules and regulations, compassion and understanding. That's how it works. Once you enforce the rules, then you can show compassion. Many years ago, I was driving down the New Jersey Turnpike, and I was coming from a town that was in the north. I had to get to the south. My father was in the hospital. He, was, he had had a stroke, very sick. Potentially, he was going to die, and he did die. But I wanted to get to the hospital before midnight. That's when you could see a person in an intensive care, 10 or 15 minutes on the hour. So I was going down the New Jersey Turnpike at about 90 miles an hour so I could make it to the hospital at midnight. And of course I got pulled over and I explained to the police officer what was going on. And the police officer took me and he led me to the hospital. He almost gave me a police escort to the hospital, which is unheard of. Now, this is almost 40 years ago, though. And I pulled into the parking lot of the hospital. He pulled in front of the door. I parked my car. I said, thanks for the help. And he handed me a speeding ticket and said, no problem. He showed compassion, but he still enforced the rules. You can't speed, right? Let me help you out with this but understand that there is a consequence for doing 90 miles an hour. Make all of your students aware about security and make all of your students aware about bullying. Post anti-bullying guidelines in your classroom and review it frequently. And just a, a short list of some of the rules, of some of the things that you need to communicate to your students. Number one, we don't call names, tease, or put people down. We include everybody. We make new students feel welcome. We are open to the opinions of others. Kindness and respect is something that we practice in this classroom. I find it amazing that in New Jersey they've mandated anti-bullying laws, which was done several years ago, but they have to have a law that assures that students will treat each other with kindness. I mean, I used to think kindness was just a natural thing, but now we need a law to make sure it happens. We make sure that we respect property and we value the differences and we basically celebrate diversity. These are just some of the things that you can do to help your students become their personal best. Often kids don't know what it takes to become an improved person and improved students. 
an improved student. And by doing some of these things, you will help build confidence. You'll help make kids see things a little differently. You'll help them see you differently. And through all of that, they will then begin to realize that they can be the very best that they want to be. Everyday strategies, things that just are simple to do. And sometimes because of curriculum guidelines, because of stress, because we have to get things covered quickly, whatever the case may be, we just seem to neglect certain things that will help students. And sometimes we even neglect the things that can help us. You have been listening to Anti-Bullying 101. My name's Jim Burns. I encourage you to visit my website, www.bullyproofclassroom.com. Take a look at the courses that are offered there. Take a look at, at, at the store where there's all kinds of things that you can buy. Again, we, and I will say it here, we offer special discounts to schools. Subscribe to the podcast. It's on eight platforms right now. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on Anchor. You can get it on Breaker. You can get it on TuneIn Radio. But wherever you find it, see if you can subscribe to it so that you can just be alerted to any of the new episodes that may be coming out. Again, Once again, my name is Jim Burns. Thank you for listening. This has been Anti-Bullying. 101.